Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Flames fans, it's time for Flames Unfiltered. Your spot for Calgary Flames Hockey Talk. Lightning fans, it's time to finally drop the puck on the regular season. And have expectations ever been this high in Calgary? Good evening and welcome to Flames Unfiltered. Host of the show, me, Brad Brood, and Kyle Lewis, he's with us. Kyle, good to have you with us. Always a pleasure. Finally, preseason is done. 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 It seemed like the longest preseason ever. Of course, especially when expectations are high surrounding the team, right? Because you're chopping it a bit more than ever to get going. Oh, it just seemed like it's never going to end. And Oh, well, we are done. We are recording this on, uh, yeah, Wednesday night, which we usually record on Wednesday nights. The eve of the home opener and uh, a home opener that's going to be a battle. It's going to be... I don't know. This is a tough schedule to start off, but we start with the Colorado Avalanche tomorrow night, and I'm excited. Um, we get them on in the second night of a back-to-back. You can't ask for better there, so that that's good. But can you ever remember um, an expectations being as high as they are going into a season as as they are this year? I don't think so. Uh, usually the team would get hot middle of the season, you know, like 18, 19, those years where they finished quite strongly. I yeah, I would say this is the most hype ever surrounding the team. I it, I think it is too. I, and I thought way back, I like because I started following the Flames in 86. Yeah. And I was young. So like you don't really know what's going on until yeah, you know later on. But I, I mean I don't remember the expectations. Maybe they were in like 89. I, I don't I don't know. But uh, I I just since like the early nineties where I was really cognitive of what the hell was going on. I don't, I don't ever remember him being this high. I, well, very, very different too. Right. I mean, with social media now, of course, a lot more teams, um, so much more access. There's all, yeah, there's so much more pomp and circumstance surrounding expectations of the team. So you factor that in. I don't think it's really debatable that this is the highest expectations they've ever had. We have a ton to talk about on the show tonight. A ton. We do. Ton. Wranglers jersey was announced. What's your thoughts on the on the Calgary Wranglers jerseys? If anybody's watched this on YouTube, you can see my face. You can kind of tell, eh, it's all right. I like the color scheme. I like the color scheme. I don't love the logo. I'm uh, not a huge fan of the logo. I think they could have done better with the logo. It's just kind of plain, you know? Yeah. But, but not it's in that, like, really accessible way. Yeah. No, no, not at all. No, no. I kind of like the striping, though. It's really 80s striping. Oh, yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. It reminds yeah. me of the old Flyers jerseys or like the old brand. I don't know if you are familiar with the old Brandon Wheat Kings jerseys were like yep. that, that striping. And I just, I don't know. I, that kind of brings me back to some good memories and stuff. So I, I like, I like the striping and obviously yeah. like the colors. I mean, the colors are the Flames colors. I oh, mean, beautiful. You, of course. Retro colors. Yeah. Gotta love it. And then we found out this week that uh, Blasty is going to be back for 12 games this year. And uh, <laughs> I see you're sporting the Blasty and just to probably get me riled. There's two reasons for this Blasty. Uh, one, yes, correct, to get you riled. Uh, three reasons, actually. Two, because it is back and I thought it was appropriate. But most importantly to me, this is actually Michael Stone's only game-worn Blasty jersey to date. So he wore it for one game against Toronto. It's obviously the reverse retro. Um, I'm very, very happy that Michael Stone finally got a contract. So that is the other reason. Me like this. We talked about this via text or on the phone the other day. Like you heard that interview, right? Yeah, we talked on the when we were talking on the phone. Right, this morning. Yeah. 
I, I, might, seriously, I might buy a stone jersey this year. I, I I said this on Twitter and, and a few people liked it and it, it's <laughs> I thought it was kind of funny, but Michael Stone not going anywhere else and waiting and waiting for the Flames to sign him. It's like how I was with like an ex-girlfriend of mine. She knew she could always call. She knew it always be there. Didn't matter the time of day I was there for. And I think the Flames, that's how they are with, with Michael Stone. He's not going to go anywhere. He's loyal. We don't have to pay him much attention or much money. He could be seventh, you know. No, Anyway, and he, and he was, when he talked to the media, I was like, Man, this guy's so likable. Like, oh, he didn't even pull any punches about it, and that's one of the things that makes him so likable is that he's completely honest. Yeah, he's, unbelievably he's so. And he's this is a guy that, that, that everybody, myself included, kind of hated on because he they paid a bit of a premium to get him at that trade deadline back in seventeen, I think it was, and uh, you know, he didn't was really highly get sought after. He was because he's got a hard shot, and prior to his knee injury, like he was a little more, a little faster too. But um, he's just so damn reliable. He's one of the. It's so funny to think now that Gaudreau's gone, Kachuk's gone, Monahan's gone. He's one of the only constants of the last few years of this team, and he just doesn't go away. And when he's in the lineup, he does exciting things. He scores goals. Like it's it's fun. Yeah, yeah. Ah, so welcome back, you. Michael Stone. Yes, <laughs> we're both happy. We're both happy to have you. I'm sure you're everybody. Just- everybody should be. <laughs> Today on the show, we're going to quickly recap the uh, the two preseason games versus Winnipeg. And when I say quick, I mean <laughs> damn quick. And then we'll roll into some Flames news, signings, waivers, PTOs, captains. Geez, we got a list to discuss. And we'll talk about concerns we have going into the year, opening lineups. And uh, we'll wrap with a preview of, uh, yeah, the battle at home tomorrow night against the Colorado Avalanche. And, of course, Saturday's Battle of Alberta against those pesky Oilers. And then uh, the Golden Knights come to town early next week, which uh, I thought they looked good last night. And uh, yeah, I don't know. Jam-packed issue. It's going to be a good one of Flames Unfiltered. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, Kyle. As we mentioned, uh... (laughs) Three seasons in the books, and it ended not good. It ended with a five to nothing loss to Winnipeg and a five to three loss to Winnipeg. Did you make much of those losses, or do they bother you at all? I guess. Nah, not really. It's funny when you're describing it just now. I thought of that scene in The Simpsons where you know the guy gets beat and the kids are crying and Stoppy's already dead. That that's that's how those two games against Winnipeg felt like. I didn't get too worried about it. Not at all. I mean, it's it's just guys getting their reps in, uh, a little bit of influence in your final cuts. I mean, but by that point, even you know those two games, we kind of knew the direction the team was going in in terms of who was going to make the team. So I I hardly paid attention to them. Um, yeah, I want. I mean, I watched all of Friday night's game, and I guess I got a little bit frustrated at a couple things. Um, I thought we'd bounce back better after losing five to nothing, but yeah. all in all, I mean, shoot, you take it with a grain of salt. I was happy to see Toffoli get a goal and Coleman and Kadri well, and some key guys. That, that Huberto play too along the boards, yeah. like that. I talked to a guy that used to coach him, actually a good buddy of mine, and, and he had said uh, people in the West don't know how good he is, and that play they actually called the Huberto when he was in junior, like, cause he could just do ridiculous things off the boards and advance the puck really quick. So um, yeah, we're going to see a lot of cool plays like that this year from, you know, from what I've been told and what little I've seen so far. I watched that like three or four times just because I was like, so we all did. Wow. That that was very, very impressive and very impressive play. Big time. Let's roll into some flames news and uh, let's get going right away with the McKenzie Weger signing and, and, a lot of us thought it probably would happen, and we all hoped it would happen. 
It does happen. Eight years, 8.25 million. A full no, full no move clause for the first four years. And um, you say eight, eight, eight point two five million. Uh, sorry, six point two five. It's gonna say, yeah. It wouldn't <laughs> have been the value we thought then, right? <laughs> no, but uh, you know what? I mean, if anybody actually paid attention to how good he really is, that number wouldn't be unthinkable. Look at what Darnell Nurse is getting paid, right? <laughs> Every time I look at Darnell Nurse's contract, I giggle a little bit because um, it's bad. It's really uh, bad. Yeah. And then you know. Yeah, Thinking about it too, you know, you look at his contract, and then you compare it to Oliver Ekman Larson in Vancouver, and how good does Uyghurs look? Yeah, you know that's it's crazy. I, I thought this was a good signing. Um, full no move clause for the first four years. The last four years, he gets ten teams he can't be moved to. I didn't think that was that bad. I know a lot of people said, "Well, this isn't going to age well. This isn't going to age well." Um, do you know many contracts that are eight years that do age well? I can only think of one. That was a Ovechkin, and I don't think that was an eight-year contract that he just re-signed off of, but uh, it was a long contract, but very uh, rarely. Well, it also depends on what you mean by age well. The Uyghur deals, I think it's very good. It's not an insane number. I mean, look what Lucic is being paid right now. I mean, um, it's well, for a guy that good. And he's like I said the last time we talked, he's he's going to age quite well based on how he plays. So I think it's, it's a great contract. What's 6.25 eight years from now in the cap? Well, that's just it. But you, you know, got to think too, like the way that it's structured. And you mentioned the ten, te- uh, ten team uh, teams you can be traded to once it, the uh, the modified no move kicks in. Um, you know, Calgary will be exiting their competitive window at that time, presumably. Presumably, we've argued, we've argued about this. Yeah, and and we will again. You know, in in the in the weeks and months and years to come, I'm sure. Um, but it's still. He's like I said. I think he's going to age similar to Giordano, and he's going to be a sought-after asset. Doesn't mean you're going to flip him for a for a high draft pick, a first-round pick, or whatever. But he's going to have some value, and somebody at some deadline in the future is going to want him. For sure, I I, I love this contract. When I saw it, when I saw six, I was like, I actually thought it would be six point five. And, and I look at it, this is a hell of a deal. I mean, I know that's what's close to six point five, but I mean. I don't know. Could you ask for? I'm, I have high expectations for Weger, and I think he's going to be. I mean, I look at what he, the depth he brings to this defensive core, and we're right up there on paper with the top in the league. He's going to be the best defenseman on the team. I don't think there's any question about it. And I, I, I don't know. I, I think I don't even like Tanev is good. Oh, Tanev's fantastic. I think all around, though, point totals, everything. I, I'm going to give it to Weger. Yeah, Tanev's not going to put up a ton of points. Yeah, but Uyghur, um I, I guess the, the question to, to just to kind of cap that is, what's the argument that it's not a good deal? Because I don't anything I've heard has not been particularly strong. You've heard that you, you you believe that a lot of people don't like this contract. No, those that do, and and I mean that don't like it, I should say, those are typically you know Oilers fans, fans of other teams who who question it. The arguments are very weak. Well, the term's a little long, or you know, he's overrated. Well, if you look at any metric by which hockey, you know, performance is measured, he's not overrated at all. He's criminally underrated. I think the people that are knocking this contract would knock every contract. I just, I think there's people that are just gonna bitch no matter what. Unfortunately, yeah, if, you see now on Twitter. Oh, hundred percent. But like I said, you a lot of times like, oh, I hadn't thought of it that way. That's just an argument. I haven't seen a single one that entertains me that to to say that it's not a good deal. I worry more about the cadre one. Than I do the Huberdor, Huberdo or the Uyghur one. As you should. Absolutely. I think we're all in the same boat that way. We're so excited about the upcoming season and all the potential and, and the few years beyond it. But if you are looking longer term of all the deals they've signed, that is the worst of the three. And I, you know, I could be wrong on that, but, or you could as well, but I, I doubt it. Well, we'll see. Time will tell. I, yeah. I mean, time will tell. And, I don't know. I like where we're at right now. And, and, and to solidify, and we talked about it a little bit in the intro, Michael Stone signs a one-year deal, 750,000 two-way contract. And I, you know, I, one thing I wanted to touch on this is a lot of people were complaining saying the flames took advantage of him. I, I look at this two ways. Is he worth more than 750? Absolutely. He is. No question. But it's the situation and the circumstances that he's in. And all in all, he's been completely honest about it. And quite honestly, if he just said, well, no, I'm thinking about three other teams, 
the flames would have still offered him the same contract. Yep. And he wants to be in Calgary. So I think this is a win-win for everybody. And I think it's just the one break that this organization has gotten where somebody wants to be here no matter what. Yeah, literally, no matter what. Um, I, I think I've mentioned this once on the show before, just briefly. And for those who don't remember, uh, Roman Turek restructured his contract to remain a Calgary Flame in the 0304 season. You know, he's being made a lot of money, like number one goaltender money, four or five million at the time. You know, this is 20 years ago now, but he wanted to stay with the team. Uh, this obviously isn't as drastic. You know, Stone was a free agent, but he's committed to the team. And I don't think we see enough of that in this day and age. And that's to say nothing of anybody who left in the summer or any other circumstances. Just it's always about the money and the term with the playoff Stone had last year. Somebody probably did offer him more money or maybe a two year contract, but it's it didn't just for like it in his interview. But I agree. I know there had to be somebody. Oh, some, you know, a buddy somewhere texted him, you know, said, Hey, would you consider uh, it's just, that's just hockey life, right? too small. You, know? I, you and I, I'm sure have both been offered jobs from somebody that we knew like somewhere else or whatever. Right. So I just think at the end of the day, you can say they take advantage of him. Yeah. There's definitely an argument for that, but I, it's refreshing to see a guy that just really wanted to stay with the team. And I love, and like we talked about, like the interview was, it was, it was really cool to see somebody talk so positively about the team and the city. It is. He, this guy's heart is exactly where we dream of players' hearts being. Yeah, um, he 100%. loves the community. And he loves this team, and he believes in this team. And could we ask for anything more? I mean, I, I love that he resigned. I was waiting for it, and I and I, the back. I don't know. Somewhere in my gut tells me that there has not. There has been discussions of hey, when this is all done and these one year deals are done, and you call it a day. We're probably going to have a position for you here. Well, I think that's a pretty safe bet. Yeah, it certainly right? seems that. Yeah, I don't know. I just I I feel like that has has been part of the of this of this game too. Uh, we also found out uh, right on the heels of the Uyghur signing, we find out that Sutter has signed a two year deal, so it'll be this year plus two after that. And uh, Daryl Sutter, if he uh, if he wins. Uh, Against the Colorado Avalanche in the opener, he'll be the 11th coach in history to get to 700 games, and um, everything he's touched since he got back to Calgary has just been golden. Yeah, it's been fun. I, I vividly recall the night that Calgary beat Ottawa, and Jeff Ward was fired right after, and uh, Brad Treleving saying this team needs Daryl Sutter. Man, was he ever right about that. Oh, and yeah. it's, man, if you look at how much this team has come since that night, after I believe a seven to one win over Ottawa. Yeah, it was seven something. It was a thumping, whatever it was. I was laying in bed and listening to the post game show, and they this that my phone just started buzzing like crazy. I'm like, what in the heck? And I'm listening, and then Pat Steinberg announced that Daryl Sutter was stepping in, and I'm like, holy cow! I was out of bed, wide awake after that. So yeah, that was me the night of the Huberto trade. <laughs> I was at a concert that night and I had a horrible <laughs> reception and oh geez. Yeah. That was a fun night too. And I had a few beverages that night. So I was really liking that. <laughs> of course. Uh, Yusuf Alamaki uh, put on waivers, which we both expected and did not clear. I actually thought he would clear just because of his cap hit. He was claimed by the Arizona coyotes, which makes sense. I know yeah, you have some strong thoughts on this, Kyle, and I'm dying to hear him. <laughs> um, well, I was one of the people who didn't think he would get claimed, first of all, so I was dead wrong about that. Let's get that. I didn't either. Um, for the reasons that, that you said. Uh, this whole thing about, like, you know, first round draft pedigree, which I get. I'm um, always going to have a, you know, big year in Arizona or be a big piece there. Like, yeah, maybe. Like, it's possible. I mean, he had major, major injuries, but um, I noticed he's going to be wearing number four as a Arizona defenseman. So kind of a typical defenseman number. It looks like he's going to be a regular, maybe on their depth shirt, but all the things people say Valimaki could do, or the glimpses of what they saw in Calgary prior to his injury, it's all possible, but it was never going to happen in Calgary. It just wasn't going to happen. The number one thing a guy in his position needs is a chance somewhere else. I mean, I'm sure he had some looks in training camp, but I mean, once you have 
a depth chart structure the way the Flames is, once you have a coach who isn't, you know, a huge fan of you for whatever reason, you know, it's, it's time to try something new. And I, I'm super happy he got an opportunity somewhere else. And I don't think it was ever, ever going to pan out in Calgary. I had super high hopes for him. And, and honestly, I did too. I, coming out of his stint in Finland, I, poof, I, I thought he was going to be a rookie of the year candidate. And, and I, I wanted that more than anything. But yeah, he was like a I, point per game in that. I remember when in, in the Finnish league that year, like before he came back over. And some dynamic plays too. Just yeah. great stuff. And I, I was so excited to see how he was going to progress and stuff. And and I I wanted him to be part of this future. But the more I watched him and I'm, the more I, I things happened, the more I realized that like sometimes – Hopes and prayers don't outweigh liabilities. Yeah, well said. Yeah. I, I just think it's one of those things where the fan base is because they had such high hopes and they had every reason to. You know, I talked about a play he made uh, that led to a goal with a big hit a couple of years ago. Um, like it just didn't work out, you know. And there's no and if he if he is successful and turns into a 40, 50 point to a defenseman in Arizona, whatever he does, good for him. It was never going to happen in Calgary. Uh, now, because he didn't pan out, uh, because of uh, Shillington's situation, Connor Mackey gets a look. Maybe Connor Mackey would have been the one that got away, you know, if Alamackey showed better if Shillington was in camp. I mean, somebody else gets an opportunity when somebody else leaves, and I think it's good for the organization. It's good for, for Alamackey personally. I, I'm going to comment one more thing about, you know, you brought up the uh, persona of him being a, a first-round draft pick mm-hmm. and how that's... Um, used as a judging meter on how somebody's doing if it was a regular job that is like one of the bullet points on your resume former first round draft choice <laughs> yeah and i i hate to say this kyle but this that's a canadian thing you think it doesn't happen in american markets it doesn't because you know what most fans and i'm not t- saying that americans are stupid hockey fans they don't remember or know or much less care. Yeah. It's a Canadian thing. You look at the teams in Canada and the markets in Canada that are freaking out because their first rounders didn't pan out, or they're telling us how wonderful he is because is because he is a first rounder. Yeah. They're Canadian markets. It's yeah. a Canadian thing, and that, it sucks. that makes sense to me. It sucks that Valimaki didn't work out, and I I hope he does good in, in Arizona. I do. I don't. And I had people this week saying to me, well, shame on the flames for losing him on waivers. What do you want us to do? Keep him when he's not one of our best guys and lose Mackie and lose stone. I mean, are we supposed to not feel the best roster? Is that what we're supposed to do just because he's a first rounder? Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, I, yeah, I, I mean, I, again, I understand people being upset about it, but yeah, it, it's, it's time to move on. Just, it, but you know, and the other, the flip side of that is too, for all the pomp and circumstance about a former first round pick, which warranted, yeah, you know, highly touted, get it. I was super excited about him too, as I said. Um, what about all the guys that you had no expectations for that are late round picks? Fourth and round picks? Well, that's what I mean. You know, we say, oh, like we're so quick to say, oh, a guy's a diamond in the rough, which, yeah, in a lot of cases, absolutely. Or you just weren't paying much attention to the development and they got better and better and you just didn't know. But at this, and then on the other hand, it's like, oh, he's a first round bust. It's like hockey is a very, you know, there's so many different players, so many different developmental leagues, different coaches. I mean, there's late bloomers, there's guys that that are ready, NHL ready at 18, guys aren't ready till 25 or maybe even 30, or you know, like Derek Ryan, like 28 or whatever he was. Like, I just don't get the point of being so judgy about it. You know, I'm with it, you. It, I mean, it's it's a good analytical tool to say this guy was highly touted or whatever. This guy what flew under the radar, but it's just like, man, get the hell over it, you know? Yeah. You know, one thing that you know, one thing that I'm, I'm I will admit about myself is that I don't follow prospects as much as I should. And this year, I bought the CHL package and I'm buying the AHL package because I'm watching more games. I, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna follow some of the flames prospects. So I feel like I know 
a little bit more in that category. And you're always- gonna you're gonna be like me next year. You're gonna be so mad because some player you fell in love with on the Wranglers got cut in training camp, and I can't wait for that. <laughs> uh, yeah, you watch. But I'm gonna. That's one of the one of the things I wrote down this year. Like things I gotta do, and that that was that was one of them. Well, even you know what, like any local teams too, like the Moncton Wildcats here. Jake Capelci was our captain, you know, and I freaked out the night that the Flames drafted him, and it was super fun. I mean, there's connections or scouts all over North America, all over Europe. I mean, the more hockey you can take in, the the better it is, right? Yeah, and it's fun to get something. You know, I mean, like I had that same situation that you had um, with Blake Lazat, who's a center for the LA Kings now, and uh, I got to know him really, really good when he played junior hockey here in town. And um, you know, it's fun to it's fun to see those stories. Yeah, for sure. Uh, waivers. Let's Zahorna and Gilbert were put on waivers. They cleared. Uh, Malash cleared today. Um, we kind of, I kind of expected that. Did did you yeah. worry a little bit about Malosh clearing? Uh, a little, a little bit, a little bit. Too. Yeah. Um, <laughs> somebody commented on Twitter. I think it was today. I can't recall who it was, but about Malosh being likely paired with uh, Jeremy Portier, former St. John Sea Dog, recent World Cup champion. He's on uh, waivers right now today. Yeah. So. But he, yeah, there's like, he's extremely talented offensively as defenseman. He needs a partner like, like Malosh to kind of yes. back him up, you know, like a, a savvy pro. So I was a little worried he might get claimed because that's the kind of guy that you want as a seventh defenseman that can go up and down to the bus, you know, whatever the case may be between the, the AHL and the NHL. Um, but, uh, yeah, really glad to see that he went through. Because if you look at the last few years, like with the Stockton Heat, they always had a few of those veteran defensemen around the young defensemen, and that's how they I think that's good. Well. I think that's really, really good. Especially for a guy like Poirier, who has tons of potential, but really needs a rock partner to uh, to develop his defensive side of his game. Yeah, good skater, can can really wheel and move the puck. But yeah, yep. it'll be interesting to see how he progresses. And uh, I know actually Daryl Sutter was pretty high on him because he mentioned him a couple times. Um, Which is really cool. That's a huge shot in the arm for that kid. It is because Sutter does not comment. uh, (laughs) We all know that. Yeah. PTO releases Eakin Milano, both history and uh, to my knowledge, have not signed anywhere else. I did hear Eakin was going overseas. Um, Nothing on Milano. Does this surprise you at all? Uh, Eakin, uh, well, they both kind of do because Eakin to me, like he's one of those veteran gritty centers that would have fit in pretty well anywhere as a extra forward or whatever the case may have been. But uh, Milano, I did a little bit more digging on him, talked to some people who've been around him in different organizations. Uh, I think the work ethic attitude discussion, there there is some merit there and I won't say any more than that because I, I don't know the guy personally. That's just not fair, but um, I just, he didn't Something. earn a spot. He did. Yeah. He, he just didn't earn a spot, and it, and it sucks because he has great offensive skills. Um, good hockey player. He, he, in theory, should have you know slotted in on probably the second line, but it didn't work. Um, I suspect probably get a chance somewhere else. Yeah, I mean, every all summer, you know, we want Rodriguez or Milano, like one of those two would just be awesome. Well, you got one of them, and he just he just wasn't good enough. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I was thinking about it today. What we're talking about in two months about what players we think the Flames need to go get before deadline. Yeah, that's going to be some interesting conversations we're going to be having. One last thing, and then we'll roll on into uh, some concerns we have for the team. But uh, Daryl Sutter did squash the uh, captains uh, yesterday, which I know sent the uh, fan base into disarray. I don't know. Everybody wants a captain so bad. I don't. I I don't even care, um, I, and I think I'm I'm different than everybody on this one. I, I don't know why, but um, Michael Backlund and Tanov sound like they're going to be co-captains. Is that kind of what the, the what the word is? Uh, I I don't uh, know. They're rolling with three or, three or four assistants, is what was said. Yeah. I guess uh, so. That will be Backlund and Tanov for sure. Uh, definitely Huberto and Lindholm. Yeah. Yeah. I think Lindholm at this at this point should be wearing a letter, in my opinion. But so do I. So do I. Uh, I I'm a fan of having a captain. If I was going to name one, I think it would be Huberto because mostly, well, the pedigree of the player, how humble of a guy he is, uh, but also just the way like he signed his contract, he just 
jumped into Calgary, going to the football games, his social media, super active, interacting with fans. Um, I'm not upset we didn't name one. I kind of wish we had it just because after a few years, you know, like with having Gio, you know, move on, it's like, uh, I don't know. It'd be be nice to have one again. We will at some point, but I can understand why they didn't bother to name one. I'm ready to have one, um, but it's kind of like getting married. It's like you better make sure it's the right one because you screw the situation up if you got to pull a C. So. You know, if we keep I, up I these relationship analogies, I, I think oh. that our uh, our viewership is going to go way up. We're going to have to have like we'll have to have a statement claim about relationship. We're not re- responsible for any relationship advice <laughs> because I honestly don't know that me and you are really too good at uh, at any of that kind of advice. But maybe we are. I am not. <laughs> I, I have my moments. I, I I know I'm not. So uh, let's switch gears and get into some of the concerns that we're going to have this year. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right. There is so much positives going into this year. We're not going to drag people's attitudes down the night before a game, but it is good to talk about some of the concerns that we maybe have going into this season. Uh, and I know I have some, and, and I and I know you do too. So let's uh, let's kind of go back and forth on on, on what our thoughts are there. Yeah. Um, bottom two lines, definitely some concern there. There's a lot of. Uh, replacement level NHL grinder types across both those lines. So I'm definitely a little worried about that. So you know what though, not- I, I don't you think though, most NHL teams would love to have our bottom two lines. Mm, some of it. Yeah. Coleman and backland. Absolutely. And Lewis. Uh, Lewis. Was yeah. Like, Lewis was my Kevin Rooney last year. When Lewis started the year, I was like, this guy sucks. Yeah. And by the time the playoffs came, I was like in love with, I, I loved, I thought I loved the way he played. And he's got a great name too. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, he was much better. I just, I feel like he's a little miscast on that third line. I'd rather see him on the fourth. Uh, but then, you know, we've got the concerns around, you know, Lucic uh, and his play, especially in the second half last year. Um, we can't have Lucic there. No, and, and and Richie too. Like you know, so many plays died on on Richie's stick. I have a really hard time with him as well. But I'm not going to single any one player anymore. And I just have it's just the bottom two lines. I think there should be a little bit more youth and a little more talent. Not not a whole lot more necessarily, but I, that, just a little bit concerned with the bottom half of the lineup. I think you're going to get it because you know what I think is going to happen before the deadline. We're going to bring in a right winger. Yeah. And either Dubé or Toffoli will slide into that Lewis's spot. Lewis will slide into the Richie spot. Yeah. That's what I think will happen. Well, and that actually leads to great segue uh, to, uh, I guess, my next concern, Brad, is is right-wing scoring depth. Uh, Toffoli didn't look great on the top line, but just preseason training camp, not going to panic over it. I just saw a prediction today uh, that I liked because I had said I think Mangiapane should be in that spot. Um, but you know, time will tell, but I, I think there's, they need a scoring winger. I'd prefer them to get one sooner than later, but much like Defoli last year, they'll probably add one by the deadline by flipping a defenseman, wherever they might need to do to, to acquire that. But right side scoring depth and scoring depth in general is a little bit of a concern for me as well. Uh, I heard a prediction today. Uh, a guy had said in, it was a bold prediction thing. And he had said that Connor Zari is going to fill that right wing spot. And uh, oh, that'd be cool. That'd be really cool. By his prediction was by uh, American Thanksgiving that he'd be in that top and right wing slot, probably the number two wow. slot. So we'll see. Uh, I got a couple concerns, and and my first concern is injuries. And I know I'm not trying to be Debbie Downer here, but we were the least injured team in the league last year. Mm-hmm. We missed one goaltender game. We missed twelve defense. And the only forwards that were injured were Richie, 
Pitlick, Monahan, and Yarncrook. Is that it? Okay, that's it. Wow. I mean, I knew like it wasn't. I knew it was fantastic, but to hear those numbers, it really drives it home. Unreal. Odds are that won't happen again. So how do we how do we manage that? Well, we already are in a sense because part of the reason they had so few is because the team is so well conditioned, uh, in my opinion. And you know, Sutter's talked at length about that. So I think they're barring any, God forbid, catastrophic type injuries, uh, freak accidents, what have you. I don't think they're going to be a whole lot more banged up this year, but they will be more banged up. Just a lot of averages alone will dictate that. But yep. uh, in terms of how they manage it, I mean, it all comes down to coaching uh, between Sutter staff and the Wrangler staff. I mean, you got to have guys that are in, someone to say Stockton, they're in Calgary on the AHL squad. I know, that's going to be so hard this year. Yeah, but I mean, that, but that's the other side of it, though, too, is that if guys do get hurt, the guys in town. You know, Wait. I know he could, it, yeah, I mean, he could be on the road, but if they're, if, if he's in town, you know, having the, having, we talked about this last time, like having the farm team in the same city or even nearby is a huge advantage. So I think it's a matter of both coaching staff is, you know, staffs communicating, uh, as I hear they do. So the guys like Connor Zari, who do step in for, for injured players. And even if it's resting a player, cause like I said, last year about Lucic, like, I don't think he should have played all season. Um, if you want to rest somebody, if somebody's a little banged up and we found out, you know, but all kinds of injuries in the playoffs last year, uh, broken ribs, broken finger, all that kind of thing. Like you, you got to rotate guys in and I think they're in a good position to do that. And I think that the guys coming up from the Wranglers know what to expect. Another fear I have is Ooh, a concern or a fear. Fear sounds a lot more daunting. <sighs> Let's go with fear. It's, it's, it's okay. more intense. No, no, no. Let me go. I got two more things. This is a concern. My next one's a fear. Okay. Awesome. Cohesion. Last year, we had a group that finally gelled. We had lines that stayed the same for long gaps. Um, I mean, the first line stayed together from pretty much like the fifth game on, I believe. Um, we just had a, a cohesive group that worked well together and they knew their roles and, and it led to a very successful season. Albeit we didn't go as far as we wanted. This was a huge successful season for the flames. Mm-hmm. This year we brought in, you know, Huberto's new uh, to Foley hasn't played a ton on the team, you know, for a long time. Cadre's new uh, Rooney's new. We got, you know, Uyghurs new. We have a lot of new players. How do they mesh together and how does that work? Does it go, does it happen quickly, I guess, or is this something that's going to get drawn out? I think it should happen fairly quickly. I mean, the guys that want to be there, the guys that had a full training camp together. Um, it, it could take a few weeks, but I mean, is it something you're worried about? No, because the way I'm the team's getting, coached. I'm getting the feeling you're not worried about this at all. No, I'm not. That's why I'm brushing it off. <laughs> it's, no, uh, I, I, want to, I want you to you call my nerves then. Fill me yeah, in. I just think with, with Sutter's coaching staff, like they, they're very good at identifying the types of players they want on the team. I think he and Brad Tree Living have a great relationship that way. They've identified those players. They brought them in for a reason. Um, and apart from you know finding where exactly they might fit, like with what player on what line, um, I think this is probably the best coaching staff in the league in terms of integrating new players. Uh, now, you could make arguments too, like Callie Arncroft was not a great fit. I mean, offensively, he did next to nothing when he came over. Still won some draws and wasn't a bad fit. But um, yeah, I, I don't know. It's just It's something that doesn't really concern me because I think Sutter has the same expectations across his roster, whether you're a new guy or a guy that's been there for a few years. Like, he's going to make you play your ass off, and if you're not, you're going to sit, and the next guy will take your place. I hope you are correct. What other concerns do you have? The Markstrom situation we talked about last time in terms of how he plays against the Oilers. I mean, as long as the Oilers have McDavid and Drysaddle, they're going to be near the top of the division, I believe, anyway. Um, so him getting uh, getting his game in, in top shape uh, when it matters most. Uh, so the bigger concern is part of that, I guess, or fear, I'll call it. This is actually fear of mine, is that Sutter's going to ride Markstrom too hard again. 
I don't think he should be playing over 55 games. And uh, I'm worried that he's going to. And Vladar, who was fantastic last year and could end up playing tomorrow night because Markstrom was ill this morning, I understood. Yes. Um, And if you recall, again, Vladar stood on his head against the Avalanche last year in a 3-2 overtime win. So um, I want to see Vladar get more starts because he deserves them. And Markstrom, I think, to be even better, needs a bit more rest. So, But I'm a little frightened that that's not going to happen. I wholeheartedly agree, and it is something I'm worried about too. I, I I couldn't agree more. And honestly, I would not even be upset if Vladar started tomorrow night. Would you? No. I mean, I, I keep coming back to those. For all the great games Markstrom had last year, the two that Vladar played, one against uh, uh, Toronto, in Toronto, and the one in Colorado against the Avalanche, he was lights out the best player in each country, you know, the, <laughs> the night when he played those games, he was unbelievable. So I have no concerns about him playing tomorrow night. And, uh, you know, if he gets the season off on the right start, if he does get the start, then, you know, good for him. Hopefully he gets a bit more confidence with the coaching staff and plays a bit more often. Cause I think that's a huge key to this team going deeper. One fear, one, my big fear. Here's my, okay, big this one. is what we're waiting for late on me. Expectations and how we manage them last year. We sat right here and talked about just making the playoffs. Yeah. So it's easy when that's all you got to do. Sure. This year, if this team gets off to a two and eight start, what happens in Calgary? Oh, man. Uh, I'm just, I hate to say it. The pressure will be like a bomb going off. And it won't be good. Last year, no. I, it, I, I think, yeah, I, I never thought of that. So that's that's why I'm kind of ooing and eyeing here. I'm just like, wow, yeah, that would be catastrophic. I think they would stay the course for as long as they possibly can. I agree, uh, and I yeah. think they should. I think they yep. should because I yep. do believe this is a good hockey team. I do believe they'll work through any adversity. But if, and I don't think that'll happen. No, but I do know if it did happen, it would be a bigger fear and response than twelve months ago. If that would have happened, twelve months ago it would have happened. We'd have been like, "Ooh, maybe this team isn't very good, and we're not going to make the playoffs this year." And and who knows what would I oh what would have came with that? But last year we had almost virtually the whole roster have career seasons. That's not happening this year. No, but so, a, lot of, a lot of those guys are gone too, right? So they are. Um, so maybe I, I think yeah. The team's not going to score as much. Um, I think they're going to allow less goals, though. Not that they allowed many last year. They're going to be third in the league. But I, if they have a rough start, they're still going to make the playoffs. They're going to have a hot streak start in the middle of the season. They're going to maybe go in as a dark horse. I think they're going to go in as a favorite, which is also a danger. Because the reality is a lot of has to do with being hot at the right time. You know, If you get a team that's red hot in March, I'd take them. In, like, I'd want to play them in the playoffs, right? Because it's well, hard I- to sustain that. I picked Calgary to finish second in the division yeah. it's because I do think the regular season is going to have some more hurdles this year that we didn't have last year. And sure. I think this team's good enough to fight through them. And I do think we're built more for a playoff run. I really do believe that. Yeah. And I, I know some people say that just because they want to hear that, but I do truly believe that. I don't know. I just know it's hard to be the best when you're expected to be the best. Yeah, because they often you know fall flat on their face. So, but but you said it very well in that they are built for a deep playoff run. Doesn't mean they're going to do it, but they are built for one. So, in terms of obviously, we're all hoping that happens. But I don't, I, I don't know. It's really it's really really hard to say because there's so many new stars in this team. Um, it's going to see how it plays out. You know, it's still going to be a puck possession team. Still be you know probably top ten in special teams, but. We'll have a much better idea very quickly. I think you know how good of a team this is, and uh, we'll we'll have to kind of see what happens from there. But I, you know, like I said, I still have some concerns about uh, about how it's all going to play out. When you look at this roster, and the opening night roster was named on Monday, I believe, and it's changed a little bit with Stone coming in and and whatnot. Yeah. But when you look at this roster, and you look at how the lines are set, and you and you look at how the defensive pairings are set. Uh, things you like or things you don't like? Uh, not much I don't like. Like I said, I'd prefer Manjipani in that top unit. Um, 
which I still think is going to happen at some point. Uh, and I, I hope that uh, Rizika or somebody would come in to take Richie's spot because I just don't think he's good enough to be in the opening night lineup, in my personal opinion. But I'd like to see Richie and Lucic be like a, 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 pan, a tandem pair that – you know, Lucic is in two, Richie's in one, Lucic is in, you know what I mean by that? Something like, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Something, just rotate them a bit because I don't, they're just not effective enough to play on a regular basis, in in my opinion. So outside, I think the D is pretty well set. I'm a little leery of, of guys playing their offside. You know, I know that uh, Brody did it for a long time in Calgary. Uh, Wigger looks like he's going to be playing it alongside Tanev, which is as good a guy as you can play alongside, but, um, I love the defense and I love the goaltending. Um, I think they're fantastic. So uh, there's not really a whole lot else to change. I love both of them. And I look at the depth chart, you know, and I love the center straight down the middle. I don't think you can get better than Lindholm, Kadri, Backlund, Rooney. I love left wing at Huberto, Majapani, Coleman, Lucic. But the right side, like there's questions with Toffoli. There's questions with Dubé. There's, you know, Lewis I feel comfortable with. I, I question Richie we need one of those guys to really grab the bull by the horns, whether it's Dubé or to Foley and say, no, this is my spot. I can do this. And I know you talked a lot earlier uh, in either last episode or the one before that you think this is a year Dubé does that. Do you still feel well, that way? Yeah. Especially since Milano didn't pan out. He has everything right in front of him to, to you know, grab hold of it. Could get some second power play minutes. Um <sighs> And, and again, people like 18 goals last year, and a lot of them came in the second half. And as I said before, when they have a hot second half, usually that's the code of primer for the, the breakout season. So uh, 40, 50 points, I think, is a reasonable expectation from him. And if he doesn't do it, if he doesn't perform well, if he doesn't become a regular scoring forward on this team, then that you know acquisition of a, of a right wing who can score is way more important. Because right now, that's Dubé's role to lose. Yeah, it is. I and I still think adding one would be good, whether it be a prospect that comes up or a trade for somebody. Because I'd like to see Richie move out of that spot and and Lewis maybe play the fourth line role on the right side. And I still think there's a there's a spot in the top top three lines. And and you know it'd be ideal if Toffoli worked on the first line. It would be ideal if Dubé worked on the second line, simply because it would it would bolster our depth, right? But if Dubé doesn't, I, Matthew Phillips deserves a chance. I know he's undersized, so is John Gaudreau. I mean, he's extremely skilled. He scored at the American level, league level like year after year. He's on his probably last contract he's going to sign in Calgary because he probably wants an opportunity. Get him in for a few games, see what he can do. Yeah, I mean, you don't know until you try, right? Exactly. But I also feel like this team's going to go out and trade for somebody, you know, whether it be a – a Timo Meyer or or who, but you know, it, oh, yeah. it's, it's going to be somebody. I, I do believe that now cap space is going to get tricky. This team's I've what got 1.2 million free right now. Yeah, maybe 1.3 or we're very close with that number anyway, for sure. I, I, I don't know what's happening with the Shillington situation. It sounds like that money will stay on the cap. Um, and I have not heard any rumblings at all of a, of a return there. So no, uh, but that could change. You could go on LTIR if the, whatever the situation is, you know, turns out to be longer than we expect. Yeah. I believe you have to have league approval for that, correct? Yeah. And depending, you do. And depending it has to be on a medical team. reason. It can't be. Uh, yeah. I, I, there's just so many variables on that. It's, it's hard to even comment because I don't want to, because I don't know what's wrong. You know what I mean? Well, I, nobody does. We don't want to speculate either. But I mean, it, it, there are different avenues by which that could become a uh, a source of cap relief. Now, granted, I would sooner have Shillington in the lineup, but I, I'm very high on Connor Mackey, and I think Stone's proven himself capable, so we'll we'll get through it. I did see a tweet that if the Flames manage their cap correctly with the players they have right now, it would be like 5.2 million available at deadline. Could be more if Shillington's allowed to be on LTIR. Mm-hmm. That'll be interesting to see how that goes. And, um, you know, we can speculate all we want that it's going to be a right winger that's sought after, but, you know, injuries are going to happen. And, and who knows uh, where this where this is going to all go down. I think 
Um, I think you said it the best when you said that, you know, it, this, this is in the hands of Dylan Dubade right now to, to step up and solidify that side. He's the, uh, he's the next in line for a breakout season. There's nobody else in the team that has more variables working in his favor right now than him. So, um, came to camp in great shape, showed well when he played. So I'm just going to watch it happen. Hopefully starting tomorrow night. Yeah, it's, 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 oh, it doesn't. I look at this roster and I compare it to previous seasons, opening night rosters. And, and I, I kind of laugh because this roster really, really looks good on paper. Yep. Now it's just, can we relate that to, uh, to regular season success? We're going to find it very shortly. We will. Get all your Flames Unfiltered podcasts, team news, team updates, and highlights at flamesunfiltered.com. The regular season gets going for the Calgary Flames Thursday night at the Saddle Dome when the Stanley Cup champion Colorado Avalanche come to town. Kyle, do you like starting off your season against defending cup champs? After you sign away their best two-way center, absolutely. (laughs) Have you seen the Flames record in the last 10 years i don't have to talk about that it's like the anaheim Curse. yeah we've won one game since 2009 yeah going back so 20 years whatever it was or 20 some years it was two and 20 and three or something like it is horrendous is that not crazy to believe that it's that bad well, I mean, it's, and again, it's kind of dumb to, I mean, a lot of those variations of the team were essentially the same year over year, but it's just, a lot of it's just bad luck too. I mean, it's just a season opener. I mean, you always want to start off with a win, but um, yeah, it, it's, it's quite something, but it's also, they don't want to put too much stock into. I, I think they're going to play really well tomorrow night. I certainly hope, but yeah, it's, it's a weird one for sure. Now we follow this one with a game Saturday night in Edmonton battle of Alberta. Do you look at that game as being more important than the Colorado game? I do because it's a battle of Alberta and because it's a team that eliminated the flames in the playoffs. So yeah, I mean the Stanley cup champions are always the best measuring stick in the league, but as far as the flames in particular are concerned, I mean, it's Saturday night. It's hockey night in Canada. Um, it's there's some measure of revenge involved, even though it's just a regular season game. And I, yeah, I think it's more important. What, what are your thoughts on that? Saturday night's so much more important. Yeah. It, we, 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 we have so we only get three battles with, with Edmonton this year yeah. and we've got to get Markstrom to get over the, the hump there and get that curse in the garbage. We need to hold Edmonton to three goals or less and get that that we yeah. have to score six to beat them squashed. Yep. Um, I, I think this is, I think there are three games against Edmonton this year are so important. It's ridiculous. Yeah. So I just thought of this because you mentioned the three games against Edmonton. This is just a kind of a random aside. As far as the Blasty Jersey goes, they're wearing it 12 times this season. Okay. So think about this. And I didn't know this until somebody pointed out. They're wearing the Blasty Jersey against Goudreau and the Blue Jackets against Kachuk and the Panthers against Giordano and the Leafs, against Monaghan and the Habs. So four of those 12 games are against former star players that play for the Flames wearing the Blasty jersey. And I don't know that there would be any reason behind it, maybe because, you know, a lot of interconference play, it's a good time to wear it. But um, that's strange to me. That is weird. Yeah. Why would, there, why would, I don't know why there would be correlation to that. But to I don't me, know why either, but it's just strange. <laughs> To me, based off what you're saying, and there, there would look like there would be a link, though, wouldn't there? Well, it would seem that way, but yeah, I don't know. That's really, that's really odd. Yeah, I'm glad. I know, I know, I know you have the blast date circled in your calendar, so if I'm wrong, you can double check for me. <laughs> I swear to God, if we get off to an 0 3 blasty start, those things need to go right out out the window. Can you imagine if if in the playoffs they, they decide to to make it their home jersey instead of the the retros? How mad would you be? Would you switch teams? I feel like you might switch teams. Gosh. <laughs> got ask, okay, we got, I got in this conversation with a buddy of mine a couple of days ago. How, how the hell do you switch favorite teams? Oh, dude, I 
People do that in sports. And I, I don't I know. Got, how yeah. do that. But I, I got gotta, blocked on I got blocked on Twitter for asking somebody, how the hell do you cheer for two teams in the same sport? I don't get that either. Cheer for two teams? I can't do that. No. Uh, do, I got too much money tied up in one. Do you have a team in the Eastern Conference though that I'm not saying you cheer for them, but maybe have a little soft spot for them? Yeah, the Bruins, because it's my dad's team. And I was a big Ray Bork fan when I was younger. Um, but I certainly wouldn't call myself a fan, and that's the extent of it. Yourself? I'm not a fan by any means, but I I kind of I, I kind of enjoy the Islanders. And I and I think what that goes back to, it was the first Stanley Cup wins that I remember watching on TV that I can remember. And I've always kind of felt bad for them because um, I was on one of the, I was on a hockey trip and we had gone through Canada and headed down and we were in um, New York and we went to an Islanders game and we went to a devil's game and we went to um, um, a Rangers game. And just the way the Rangers fans were, it just it made me feel bad for the Islanders. And I, I don't know. I mean, not that I, they're kind of like the, the, I don't know. I just felt like they get crapped on in New York. You know what I mean? And I, I kind of i don't know i think it's more goes back to the stanley cup thing that i remember but uh i don't know i mean i don't cheer for them at all uh, I, yeah. here's a question though if the flames remember two three years ago when the talk was oh we're we're out of here we're heading to houston right yeah if that if they would have moved to houston would you have pulled the plug i thought a lot about that and people asked me that at the time and i really couldn't give a much of an answer because I really didn't know. I, I couldn't I couldn't imagine that I would switch teams unless they, you know, completely rebranded and all this other stuff. I mean, I have a bit of a soft spot for the Jets because that's a small community market that, you know, deserve to get a hockey team back. I hope the Nordiques are back in Quebec City. It's you know someday. I, I do too. I do too. Yeah. Uh, it's just great for the game. Um I think I would have stuck with them. But what what would you have done? My wife asked me that question back when the, the talk was going, and I, I, I looked her dead in the eye and said, I'm done, man. They moved to Texas. I'm out. Wow. And you're, and you're American, and I'm Canadian. That, that's yeah. Wow. I'm yeah. done. I said, I can't cheer for a hockey team in that market. And she asked me, well, what team would you be a fan of? And I said, the Winnipeg Jets. And nice. I, said it, I said it for a couple reasons. Number one, I live about through about four hours from Winnipeg. Um, number two, it's the most crazy arena to be in for a game that I've been in in the league. It's crazy rocking in there. Yeah. And as, as much as there's some things about Winnipeg, I don't like, there's a lot I like about that city. Yep. And, uh, I thought they got hosed over when they lost the Jets the first time. And when they got them back, they've made the most of it every single damn day. And I love that. No, oh, it's fantastic. That, that's, that's, those are all the reasons why I have a soft spot for them as well. And, and I can't believe, I, I, I don't know. I just think of how much of the investment we both have into the Flames and how much I love the Flames. But if they went, went to Houston, I was, I was done. I was pissed about that. I can't even believe that was even discussed. That was stupid. Oh. So those are the Thursday and the Saturday matchup. On Tuesday, the 18th, Vegas comes to town. I always fear that. Vegas finished fourth in the Pacific out of the playoffs last year. They did beat the Kings last night on a last-minute goal from Stone. And they're a team that we both predicted to be lower in the standings this year because of a lot of different factors. But they're a team I worry about. And that's a team that always plays Calgary tough. Yeah, big time. No, that'll be a, a the, the first part of the schedule for the Flames is is pretty tough. It should be pretty telling in terms of where this team is at. So um, there's there's no I'm not there's any gimmies in the league anymore, but there's certainly none in the Flames schedule. The positive is that is the first game of an eight game homestand, which is good, but also means a lot of road games coming up after that. So uh, yeah. a, a weird schedule for the Flames this year, where they're at home for long stretches and on the road for long stretches. It'll be interesting. It all starts Thursday night. The Avalanche come to the Saddle Dome, and uh, I can't wait. I can't. Yeah, Next week we are back with another episode of Flames Unfiltered. Kyle's going to be on the road. Kyle, where are you going? Uh, I'm off to Ottawa for meetings for a few days. Uh, so while I'm there, I'll get a chance to take in the uh, the Capitals and Senators next Thursday night. So 
but uh, I'll make uh, I'll make an appearance with you on uh, on Wednesday, one way or the other. I am going to be fa- flying a little bit solo, but Kyle will be joining us. He'll do we'll do a segment as good as we can do in a remote location, and uh, yeah, that's just life, and that's going to be really really good. Um, so join us next week. We're going to have a lot to discuss. Uh, three games will be in the book. We'll know a little bit more about this team and how it's looking uh, as the season gets going. And uh, three very important games to uh, to discuss next next week. So make sure you check us out. And uh, yeah, get on over to Twitter too. Get uh, a look up Kyle on there. Is at Van Lewis fourteen. I'm at Brad Brood. Um, follow us. Get to know us a little bit. And uh, we're back next week. Enjoy the opening of the Stanley Cup or the race to the Stanley Cup. See you next week, Flames fans. Adios. Get connected. Flames Unfiltered can be found on Twitter, at Flame Unfiltered. And also make sure you check out our Facebook page, at Flames Unfiltered. Check out host Brad Brood on Twitter, at Brad Brood. And co-host Kyle Lewis on Twitter, at VanLewis14. If you like what you hear, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. You can find Flames Unfiltered on all the major podcast players. Thanks again and enjoy the hockey action. Thanks for tuning in to Flames Unfiltered. Check back for more action-packed Calgary Flames talk. This episode of Flames Unfiltered was copyrighted and produced by Inside Edge Hockey Media Group. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.